0: Welcome to the Only One Shot Golf Podcast. I'm Jim Gallagher. Don't forget to subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. And special thanks to Steve Azar for allowing us to use his music. You can find Steve at steveazar.com. Don't forget to get your copy of Only One Shot. That's by VJ Trollio, and you can get that at Amazon. So today, my wife Sissy and I are going to talk about Augusta. She's going to help me out, and uh, let's welcome uh, Sissy Gallagher into the podcast.
1: Oh, thanks for having me.
0: Well, this is... uh, masters week people always talk about what's it like to play in the masters and kind of go through those experiences and you know preparing all the different things but you know for us i guess our first uh day at augusta and and the masters i you know back then i I really should have probably played some practice rounds before and guys do that all the time and and i just wasn't aware of the things you could do you could go in anytime uh between the time you want or you got your invitation you go in there I, i guess i probably should have done that but uh You know, we had inside the PGA Tour in the car with us, in our courtesy car, the Cadillac, driving up Magnolia Lane, and uh, where most people just kind of go up together. But do you remember that day, kind of going up Magnolia Lane for the first time?
1: Yeah, well, explain to them what inside the PGA Tour was at that time. It was a show once a week.
0: Yeah, you see it on there uh, now. The PGA Tour put it on once a week. It usually was a a recap of the tournament week, and they'd have a a tour player kind of host it. And they have different segments. I think I hosted it about five times. Hold that I know I'd be working for the Golf Channel doing TV. That's I right. guess those preps for that. But, you know, I hosted there. I guess that was the first time I hosted it. And it was really kind of different because I actually hosted it from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway one year. did it from Disney World uh, and a couple other places. And I just always enjoyed that. But they called me up and said, hey, would you like to host it? and be in there and we'll drive up in the, in the cameras with you and, and just kind of document the whole day. Uh, And they did, they went up there with the practice round. They followed me around and, and uh, everything the whole day you were there uh, with that. And I just remember just the beauty and the Magnolias and just everything being perfect. I think that's one of the coolest things and everything's kind of changed now with the parking lots and and all, but uh, it was really cool.
1: It was, it was wonderful. And when we pulled into there and, we had a camera in the back seat like you said and mm-hmm. it did kind of change the dynamics of the way we felt about uh pulling in for the first time but i'll never be sorry that it was documented and the way our thoughts and uh how much it meant to for us to be there
0: i just think the practice round too that just the whole day uh things will always have and and, and we I, I think somewhere we've got the raw footage i know we've got the show in the raw footage, but I I remember coming in and talking to some of the guys that had been there and the veterans and, you know, what advice do you have? And a lot of times guys didn't always share things, but, you know, they said play with someone who has had success or who really has played there. They kind of know some of the things or where the wind's coming from, you know, like you go to Amen Corner down in 11. I remember playing with Fred Couples, one of the first practice rounds, and and we went down there behind 11 Green. He said in order to see what it does on twelve. You sit back and go off the back right portion of 11. As everybody knows, everything just kind of swirls back there. Uh, it was really just kind of cool to have him tell you those things. Uh, Phil Mickelson was an amateur with Ian Baker Finch, was appearing pairing as well. So That
1: was Phil's first Masters, it too, was, I yeah.
0: think. Yeah, and he stayed up at the Crows' Nest. So it was just so cool. Uh, but I, I think one of the other things is I did is, is the, the practice area was just a small little area that you actually were one on one side and the other side of Magnolia Lane, and it wasn't very long. Of course, guys don't hit it as far, and that's where you hit balls. But now they've got this elaborate, beautiful practice uh, area that's just phenomenal that they have now. They've moved everything, and that's some of the benefits you get as the years go on. But basically, it was just a place to warm up, and that's what the members did, and and that's what we kind of did. And I just remember, I don't know about you, when we walked. I think you walked over there together with me, and we walked out of the clubhouse or through the clubhouse there. And all of a sudden you're out there on the putting green and there's the, you know, everything. And it's just like, man, we just walked into heaven.
1: It was just beautiful standing out there from that clubhouse with uh, that huge putting green and then 18 green and nine green right there. It's just, it was wonderful. Magnificent, really. You can't explain the beauty after you've been such a fan for so long. And then to finally get a chance to experience that.
0: Perfection. I mean, that's what I'd call it. I, I think... I was at a point, and this is honest, I just didn't want to mess up and do something wrong. <laughs> I, I was so nervous that I'd you know, do something that you weren't supposed to do. But they never, you never felt that there. I mean, you always heard those stories. But it was always welcoming. You, you were able to eat lunch inside the clubhouse, and you had the locker room. Of course, I had the champs' locker, or champion's locker room upstairs, which I never did get to go to. But those were just the cool things that you were able to do and just kind of take it all in. I think that was the thing you had to do. Because you never know, or never knew if you're ever going to get invited back. You didn't figure to win again and go back. So I kind of took it all in there. And, and we stayed in a hotel that year and just remember just kind of driving in that first day, a little bit nervous, out there early and got off to a great start and and just played a great round of golf. And, and I remember hitting it in the bunker at 12, the front bunker, and got it up and down to kind of keep the round going. And then 17, uh, up and down again, which was crazy up and down. And I never knew where I kind of stood until I walked up 18. And I saw my name towards the top of the leaderboard uh, at 67. I was just praying my name would stay up there. Because uh, I teed off one of the first hours or two. You only played in twosomes and went out there early. But what was it like watching for you on your side uh, of the ropes there?
1: Well, you made a lot of great birdies that day. But the par putts you made were unbelievable. Like you said, at 12 and 17 and just uh, watching you shoot 67. And I remember trying to find a telephone. Um, nobody had cell phones Mm-mm. back then. And I remember my parents were driving all that way. And they finally got there that late that afternoon. And they said they were just thrilled when they crossed the uh, into Atlanta. And they were able to pick the masters up on local, mm-hmm. you know, radio stations. Yes. And they heard them call your name that you were, had shot 67 and were still in the lead for the masters. And of course, at that time, your mom and dad and brother, sister, You're you know, there. Mm-hmm. yeah, so many, um, so some of your sponsors, uh, that started with you back when you were 21 years old, they, they were there. So, a uh, lot of family there and a lot of great friends and, uh, just to have a chance to say the, you know, the first time, that you played the Masters, you shoot 67, and you're in the lead. So. Still saying it, I'm yeah, 60 still, years old. Yeah, still saying it. Still is. shot
0: 67, but still leading. I, yeah. I think the cool thing is, like you said, mom and dad were there, brother and sister. Your aunt and uncle are already there. Bob McNally and Beth, who was, uh, Bob was the president of Tommy McGoff Mom and dad were staying, I think, across the river in South Carolina, because you couldn't find a hotel room. We were barely able to find one. We didn't know anything about renting houses, well, which they did now. you
1: won in August, and September. actually. Well, yeah. September of 1990. And so all of a sudden it wasn't but a minute and you didn't have a for the first time in your life, you were really fully exempt on the PGA Tour getting in that whole West Coast swing. You were exempt for the Florida swing and you were in everything. So we really didn't have time. It was your first. It was the first uh, of a lot uh that year we had a lot of firsts that year
0: yeah it was probably why i didn't play any practice rounds there early uh, and going to see you know man i'd have played every day but like you said it was really the first time i'd kept my card but it was really the first time i felt secure and had security for a couple of years and and uh but i remember going to bed and your mom and dad coming in there and everybody and, and that night it's hard to sleep whether you're you have a good round or not no matter where it is but you do it at the you know the masters and you don't tee off till, man, I don't think I teed off till 1.30 or 2 o'clock. And I'm in a twosome with Lanny Watkins, and he and I are about as fast as they get in a twosome. And At
1: that time, y'all yeah. were probably considered the two fastest players on yeah. tour. And that, that was a disadvantage, I think, for you both, because um, you both like to play quick, and, and you did, and, but you waited a lot in between shots, and, and I think that changed the momentum for you just a little bit, and... Uh, but you managed. You, I think you shot 75, made the cut, and ended up having a great weekend.
0: Yeah, I was trying to – the guy, when you get off to that kind of start, I'm not going to be the guy that misses the cut after, you know, leading. And that <laughs> goes through your mind. It's weird because you're so nor- nervous because you've watched the Masters your whole life, and now you're leading the Masters. And it's just uh, a little overwhelming, to say the least. But, like I said, shot 75 and, and, and you know, just kind of really – Happy to make the cut. Played pretty decent the next couple of days. One of the cool things is, is you had met Rowley Massimino earlier, uh, when you were playing on the, the LPGA. Yeah, he was
1: coaching at Villanova he and was. won the national championship.
0: And uh, he was there in town. And the first day, he's sitting at the top of the bleachers. And I think I saw him when I walked up. He went and sat at the top of the bleachers. And he was watching me. And he walked down and shook my hand and wish me good luck. And I, I don't think he got to watch that day. He was only able to come out the last day. He was doing some stuff with uh, uh, some different sponsors or outings he had going on. And I remember every single day it was the same routine. I mean, I shot 67 as lead, and, and basketball coaches are a lot like golfers. They're pretty, golfers are pretty superstitious, and we kind of had that routine. It was really neat. He came out there Sunday and watched me come up the, the last couple of holes and encouraged me along the way. But, you know, you see a lot of people there that you've, you know, celebrities and, and just golf fans and just the coolest thing. I think that first year, anytime you go back there are the patrons are so knowledgeable and they have chairs where they put them in certain spots and nobody sits in their chair. Nobody fuss. It's all just kind of organized, polite. And it's just kind of that routine. And, you know, you got to see it more than I did. Cause I was, you know, playing, uh, you were able to kind of go outside the ropes and be part of that.
1: Oh, there's nothing like that. And seeing those same, um, Guys, every and families that had parked themselves, waiting almost every hole, uh, waiting for uh, each group to come through and getting to see them each day. As we would walk up, we, I met a lot of great people, and um, it, it was always difficult, like to get from nine to ten, and and the the patrons were just, it was crowded, and I couldn't believe how many people there were. Uh, but the but the number one thing I think that's difficult for me just watching on television all those years because I never missed I never missed a master's I, that was probably one of the weeks I spent on the couch rather than playing golf but um was just how hilly it was after mm-hmm. growing up in the Mississippi Delta and going to lSU where it's so flat where you're in those river valleys where I've lived all my life and then to to get over there and just I just couldn't believe that you could stand in nine fairway and not be able to see the top of that flag or even 18. Or um, I just could not believe how hilly it was.
0: Well, that's where the local, not the local, but that's where the guys that had the advantage of the guys that played there. And, and the lies, because you never, ever got a flat lie. And the sand was perfection. Best sand I'd ever played out of. And of course, you got the speed of the greens and you got all those different things. But you're right. I, I remember taking Thomas years after that as. I had already kind of quit playing uh, full-time on the PJ Tour. We went as just a uh, guest of Larry Mize. And his eyes just kind of lit up just to see the slopes. And I remember we walked over to 14 Green. He's going, oh, my goodness. Couldn't believe how much uh, undulation are in the greens. I think that's one of the things that TV really doesn't do it justice. And now we get to see every hole where we were growing up. And even when I played, you didn't really pick it up to about six or seven. Oh, it's uh, true. You really coverage. only
1: saw the last... Uh... Few holes on each side.
0: hmm And and that's I think that's like you said. It's just it's it's we watched last year and didn't have the people out there. It just took it away. The patrons weren't there. And there's something about a roar uh, that's out there. Like when Arnold was still playing, the roar an Arnold Palmer or Jack Nicholas roar was different than any other roar. True. Uh, and and I, I think it just it in chills. And you knew it was something. It may have been a par for Arnold Palmer or a birdie, but you just always knew the roars and that went through the pines. And that's uh, that's one of the things you really kind of took in as a player. And, and you got momentum. And I think that's a lot of things with COVID. We've we've had players on and we've had coaches and college coaches. Is is you know they've had their families that they're not out there. And for players that are playing, whether it's on the LPGA or PGA tour, they're a big part of it. But I don't know if they're any bigger than they are at Augusta.
1: Oh, it's so true, and and definitely twenty twenty changed our lives with the pandemic. And um, but how do you think the course has changed in the last uh, in the last few years?
0: Just to, not only the distance, because they always wanted to say they're going to Tiger proof it, but all it did is played into his hands. The distance of where the ball, the guys, how far they hit it, but how far back some of these tees are. I mean. You got out there, and each year it seemed like one tee kept sneaking back. I mean, you can't move that big tree.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and uh, you know, now they've moved it back. The putting green's moved back. I think just the way the guys are just such great athletes, the ball's going so far, they now have rough, which they never had with us. Uh, I think that's one of the things. The thing that's amazing about that golf course is it's groomed so well. Uh, and I think those are the things – when we look over the years with you know the way agronomies practice is perfection there and that's that's one of the things you see you know of course they oversee their bermuda but i think just the way they've lengthened the holes i don't know that the greens are any faster they're able to now with the sub air they'll hear that a thousand times people get tired of that but if it's too much moisture they can take it out and i think those are the things you see Uh, probably changed a few hole locations i think they've done a great job with that I think the Augusta Women's National I AM there now, there's just, Augusta's changed over the years, not only just golf course, just the way they present it. Uh, and there's so many cool things there, to me, and I think, you know, with these guys, it's still a challenge, it's still exciting, and the tournament doesn't start until you get to that back 9, 10, 11.
1: Oh, that's so true, and no doubt those are some favorite holes of mine uh, on that back nine, I love a few of them on the front as well, but I love those holes on that back nine. And um, do you have a favorite on that back nine?
0: You know, 12 was one that was very intimidating. I remember we talked about, you know, don't go right to the center of the green. You hear it a thousand times. I got lucky and I went right to the pin there and it stayed up, but I hit it far enough. But I think my favorite hole is 15. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's my favorite hole because I hit a cut back then. And if you could get it up the right side of the fairway, back then, there's another thing I forgot to say, and changes, when you first went out there, one side of the fairway would be mowed one direction, the other side the other. So you try to get going down the down grain part of the fairways. You don't see that often now on PGA Tour or LPGA, where one side's down grain, one's into it. I know at the ANA at Mission Hills, it kind of looks that way. But that's one of those, you wanted to get it going down the runway. Uh, and, and 15, if you got it too far left, you know, you felt like oh, I still got to try to go for it. But if you ever knocked it over that green, that shot coming back is scary. And I just thought it was, I wouldn't call it a risk reward hole. But I just thought it was one of the coolest holes uh, on the golf course to me was, it was really 15. One of my favorite holes made Eagle there. I think a couple times, uh, got it up and down out of the bunker. Now, I may have only hit it in the water once, but, uh, the layup, You've got to lay it up further back than you think because of the down slopes right. as you mentioned, I mean hitting a you know a lob wedge or a pitching wedge off those downhill lines are a little bit soft if it's wet that's a scary shot, but I just always loved fifteen. I think it's one of my favorite holes. It still is because it hasn't really changed lengthwise because you can't really go back much, but I couldn't wait to get to fifteen because I felt like there was an eagle out there for me.
1: Well, you've got a little bit of crystal yeah uh, in the house to to prove that because you did make quite a few eagles on that hole and um yeah, there's it was just it's just a fantastic place to play without a doubt and to get a chance to watch you play so many times there, you know, was wonderful.
0: I think one of the things for for you is having the kids there, but just to go out when we were together before we had kids, you were actually going out there with me in the practice rounds and and be, I wish that you could play it someday and maybe someday you can, but it's just uh, it's just an amazing experience. I think when you see these rookies come in They've come in ahead of time now. People are able to do that a little bit easier, and they kind of got to jump on it where I didn't. I, I just kind of, you know, you, you've heard people say, I'm never going to play Augusta until, you know, I, I earn my way in there. That's what pros will say. You may never earn your way in there. So that's what you kind of have to cherish uh, as, as you go back in there, you know.
1: After you won your first event that August of 1990, um, that honestly was my first thought is that, He's about to play in the Masters. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. just, uh, oh, he secured his card for two years, or um, it it was immediately for me. It was like, wow, we're going to Augusta.
0: Well, you forget the U.S. Open. If I top eight, I think it was, and I was there. I was I was within a couple shots of right. going to the back nine, and it got in my head. Hey, I'm going to get to play Augusta. I'm going to get to play Augusta, and I shot 42 to the back nine. I didn't get to play Augusta that next year, but I think that's one of the things that kind of goes through your head, no matter who you are. What, not that the perks, but that's one of the things. It's just like wow, the great reward. It's great to win a PGA Tour event, but you know you get to go to Augusta in the Masters.
1: Right. I remember sneaking into the um, media room that first day after you shot sixty seven. What was that like after uh, sneaking into that media room? when they kind of hustled you off when you shot that 67 and getting interviewed?
0: That was a little unnerving because uh, I wasn't prepared for that. You know, you you shoot a great round, you're out there, now you've got, I mean, people from all over the world. It's not just your your local. Usually at a tournament, you have some local, you may get a few national people in there. You know, I'd never been in a media room like that. Never played that well in a major like that to be in there. But, you know, just wanted to ask, answer the questions properly. It's hit me right there that I was leading it. And I think that's the biggest thing is it hit me like a, brick walls, like, oh my, I'm leading the Masters. You know, it really hadn't hit. I mean, right. I saw my name up there, but you go in the media room and you get better at it. Yeah, You want to give good answers. You have to think about that. There's as much pressure sometimes dealing in media rooms like that than there is playing because when we're playing, that's our, we're comfortable. We're right. there, that's normal. Getting in the media room, that's a little bit out of our comfort zone. I think you don't see guys athletes in general they just don't open up a lot of times because of that they're not comfortable and when they do they kind of get you know taken advantage of or whatever but I always tried to be honest uh, thoughtful and I think that's what helped me with my uh um you know doing tv is I just always felt like if I was honest and, and not try to be funny or anything just kind of be honest with your answers and thoughtful and you know I think that was uh, uh especially that day I mean they ask you because you don't have but two minutes three minutes after you walked out to think about it you don't know what they're going to ask you
1: yeah for sure so who do you think um who do you think this year do you have a favorite going in you've watched a lot of golf this spring you know
0: Um, dustin johnson of course you know winning last year would be somebody you'd put up there I think Justin Thomas is playing some great golf. He's had success there. I think he's one to look at. You know, Justin Rose has played well in the past, but he hasn't played very well lately. But I think Justin Thomas is someone to look at. Um, you know, I, I think it's really kind of neat because you're seeing a lot of guys playing some really good golf coming in there. But there's just something. I think John Rahm is another mm-hmm. guy you look at. You, you look at guys that can be patient. Guys that have played it, guys obviously, guys that can play on the fast greens or whatever, but you're going to see top players. Rarely do you see someone come in, and you'll see it every once in a while, and it depends what the weather does. If we get a lot of wet weather like we've had lately, that changes everything as well. But I think Brom. I mean, I think Justin Thomas are guys to look at. I mean, you can't not throw DJ, but it's tough to defend there, as we all know.
1: Right, that's for sure. It's been very few that have done that, and... Uh... I'm just looking forward to a great week.
0: Yeah, you know, one of the things before I got to Augusta is I watched Fuzzy Zeller. And I'll never forget that, and this is kind of going to another story, but sitting in my dad's pro shop, he had a little cup at the end of the pro shop with just a regular carpet in there, and we'd hit putts all day, and it was kind of raining that day. And we watched Fuzzy, who was from Indiana when we grew up. You know, I grew up in central Indiana. He was more from southern Indiana. To see an Indiana guy, first time there, win Augusta. Uh, that was just kind of cool for me. Those memories, uh, watching Fuzzy and something—I guess that's maybe when the, it came like, "Hey, I want to do that," you know. And I think as a kid, you see things like that. Memories for me going through there. I mean, there's so many, but one we haven't even hit on is one year I got paired with Jack Nicholas. I think it was the third round, right? Uh, and got in there, and 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 I took in every moment. I mean, it was so cool. I've played, have been paired with him several times. Actually, was paired with him a month before 86 Masters. We were at Doral last round. He was playing terrible. And I don't know if I told you, I, I told your dad or my dad. I was like, man, Jack's playing terrible. I think it's over. He wins the Masters a month later. So to get back in there and, and be paired with Jack, uh, you know, have, having all the success, that was such a great memory, one I always have. I remember walking up 18 together with him. I remember,
1: I remember when y'all were walking up 18, he actually, you let him go. You stopped and let him go. Like you're letting, Mm -hmm. you know, your mom through the door or a lady through the door, just being a gentleman and you stopped and, and he, and he stopped and asked you to walk with him. I thought that was one of the sweetest moments.
0: Yeah. It was just one of those, I don't know, Barbara was out there and you got to be friends with Barbara and walked around there, but it was, it was just like, here's arguably the greatest player. I mean we gonna go back and forth whether it was Tiger or not. And here's Jack Nicholas walking up together. I mean it was cool leading the Masters. I'm not gonna lie. That was the coolest moment. Walking up eighteen with Jack together uh, in the third round. That that definitely is one that uh, you know, I'll have that memory. Someone that's this that you know, the week of this week of the Masters is gonna have that same kind of a memory, one they'll have for a lifetime. Uh, and and I know you know, they're going to have a great week. The rookies are going to go through the same emotions we did, the veterans as well. It's a special week, and I'm looking forward to, to watching it, sitting back with you, and we're going to watch some golf. But uh, I always like to end the podcast with this, whether in life or golf. You may have only one shot. A lot of these guys are going to maybe only have one shot at playing at Augusta, and they got to make it count. So appreciate everybody listening. Uh, until next time, we'll talk to you later.